Santa Barbara County is currently seeing an increase in wildlife activity in urban and residential areas. The Santa Barbara Wildlife Care Network, a nonprofit aiming to rescue, rehabilitate, and return sick and injured wildlife to their habitats here in Santa Barbara County, seeks to educate the public about living in harmony with wildlife. KCSB's Danielle Wesia speaks with SBWCN Director of Operations Julia Parker and SBWCN Communications Manager to discuss what to do if you ever encounter wildlife in your area. Daniel begins by asking Julia Parker about the reason for the increase in wildlife activity. Santa Barbara County is currently seeing an increase of wildlife activity in residential areas. What factors are contributing to this increase that we're currently seeing? I think some of it might be carryover from all the fires that we've had recently and animals having to relocate, find new territories, moving west from the last fires that we had in, you know, starting in Santa Paula and Ventura. Once those areas become denuded, they have to look for areas that can, you know, support them, support their survival with the food source and shelter. They're basically destroying habitats for humans temporarily and for wildlife for, you know, an unknown period of time. It's going to take a lot of time for those places to, you know, regenerate, get new plant growth, have animals move back in. Many animals are losing their shelter and their food sources. so. They just have to seek other areas if they survive the fire, that is. From what I understand, the animals community members are encountering the most are bears, rattlesnakes, and specifically coyotes. Is there any reason in particular for this? Rattlesnakes have probably been there all along, you know, and when people, you know, spend more time outside, you know, they're going to have more wildlife encounters. If you have a shed or a wood pile, in your backyard or a food source, you know, you're going to, you're going to be inviting wildlife, especially at the end of the summer when it gets hotter and, you know, maybe creeks dry up, bears are going to seek out water. And, you know, you've seen many pictures on the news of bears enjoying somebody's backyard swimming pool. And um, they're just looking for opportunities to cool off and get some water as well. So it's not unlikely, just like in the beginning of the springtime, I always tell people, you know, if you have a swimming pool in your backyard, it's quite likely you're going to have a family of mallard ducklings just pop up into your swimming pool. Because a lot of times people don't even notice the wildlife are there. And you'd mentioned rattlesnakes. Now, rattlesnakes pose a unique threat to community members, specifically because they're venomous. If bitten, what action should community members take More so specifically the do's and the do nots of a rattlesnake bite. The best advice I can say is to call um, animal services, county animal services, and they will relocate the animal out of your yard. Not very far, however, because it is a California Fish and Wildlife regulation that we cannot relocate wildlife. Relocating them can be a death sentence because you're taking them out of their habitat. They know where the food and water sources are, their shelter. They may have a nest with offspring. We have had numerous calls of of rattlesnakes in people's yards, and they have small dogs and young children, and of course, they don't want that danger, um, you know, for their family. So um, animal control or animal services does help us in relocating those animals across the street, you know, because a lot of these calls, people are living, you know, I always ask them what area they live in, and they have a creek in their backyard or nearby. So, you know, there you go. That's you're in wildlife habitat. Also, you have to remember that in, in our neighborhoods, we have raccoons, skunks, possums, and squirrels. 
and they've adapted to be able to live in close proximity to humans. Are there any other tips or pieces of advice that you would offer to community members to continue to reduce their chances of these encounters? I think big ones that apply to so many different species and helping keep them out of your backyards is, you know, remove it's removing food, shelter, and water sources. So making sure your pet food is inside overnight, making sure your pets are inside or secured. Animals will take up shelter in wood piles and under sheds. And like we've been saying, they're opportunistic. So those are all little things that can actually help keep wildlife out of your backyard, wildlife of all different species. And by chance, if a community member were to encounter specifically the animals that pose more of a threat to their safety, such as rattlesnakes, coyotes, and bears, what can they do to avoid harm in that encounter? I think generally speaking, it's better to be calm, no quick movement, make sure you have your pets or children nearby and close to you, no sudden movements, back away slowly, don't turn your back and run, especially for mountain lions or coyotes, making yourself big, making yourself a presence, making some noise might help deter them, but backing away slowly is usually enough. These animals usually don't want anything to do with us either and are just trying to go on their own way as well. You know, a lot of the line of questioning has been specifically in centering the community member. However, I do want to ask, what can community members do to keep the wildlife safe? Our website, by the way, is a great place to view resources like this, like answers to frequently asked questions, tips to help wildlife, what to do if you encounter wildlife of different species. So our website or our helpline is always available for the public to call to to find out more information. But some good tips, um, especially with the animals we were talking about, are keeping, keeping your dogs on a leash. Not only does that protect your dogs, but we get a lot of animals every year that are victims of being caught by dogs. That's birds, that's baby bunnies even. So keeping your dog on a leash is always a really great, great thing to do, especially when you're out, you know, on a trail or hiking or on the beach. Avoiding using rat poison as a form of rodent control is really important because although your intended victims might be rodents, a lot of other wildlife can be affected and and killed by by rodenticide. So an owl who eats a poisoned rat or, you know, a fox or a mountain lion, all of these animals could be harmed or killed by rat poison. So we really encourage people to avoid using rat poison or glue traps or snap traps for that matter, because it can affect a lot of different animals in the food chain. And then feeding animals is always, is generally a bad idea. We like to ask people to avoid feeding animals. Not only could it, you know, be problematic with them attaching food to humans, but it could be bad for their health as well. So we'd encourage people to avoid feeding wild animals as much as possible. And Julia, are there any others? I, any big ones I missed? I wanted to mention, you know, there are For the smaller animals that we, that wildlife that we live with, there are some beneficial aspects to having them in your area. For instance, you know, they are going to consume the rodents that you might otherwise feel like you need to poison. And so raccoons and 
possums and skunks do eat rodents and, uh, you know, rats, mice, squirrels, bunnies. And so they're kind of, it's, it kind of balances out. It, it's kind of a, it, there's a, there can be a win-win. When people do put out poison, if it doesn't kill the secondary um, host, it can weaken them to the point where their immune system is is compromised. And that's why we've been seeing, I think, so many coyotes with mange, because that is one of the results of a weakened immune system. And it allows parasites to um, take over and cause cause them to become emaciated, dehydrated. And um, if mange isn't treated, it can kill them. And it's also contagious to your pets. So keeping wildlife healthy, you know, can also help keep your pets healthy. I want to take a moment to discuss currently what the Wildlife Care Network is doing and what plans you have for the future. Last year, we actually saw more animals come to our center than ever before. We treated over 4,500 patients and we're definitely on track to do that again this year. We're receiving wildlife every day that's in need of help, mostly due to human-related causes, like some of the things we talked about, animals that are caught by dogs or cats, animals that are poisoned, animals that are hit by cars, animals whose nests have been cut down through tree trimming. Most of the animals we see are in our care because of human-related causes. On the flip side of that, most of our patients are being brought in by citizens. So our community is finding these animals and realizing they need help and calling us and giving these animals a second chance to really continue living their life in our backyard. These are our wild neighbors, so we're lucky to have a community that actually is looking out for them as well. We're also really lucky to have an incredible volunteer support system. We're a nonprofit, so we rely on donations from our community, the help of our community, and our volunteers are a really big part of that. With that, we've been around for over 30 years, and we are finally constructing our wildlife hospital that will really enhance all of our resources and facilities and give us the upgrades to care for even more animals and give them even better care than they're receiving now. So that should be completed by the end of the year, and we're really excited to, to see that happen. The Santa Barbara Wildlife Care Network is open 365 days a year to the public. Additionally, a helpline is available to the community from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day at 805-681-1080. Again, that's 805-681-1080. Resources and answers to frequently answered questions can be found on the network's website at sbwcn.org. That's sbwcn.org. Thank you again to Lauren Gonzalez, SBWCN Communications Manager, and Julia Parker, SBWCN Director of Operations.